Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. That's why you don't want to draw attention to yourself with strange things like that. And that's why we don't draw attention to ourselves. But to be very honest with you, I'm going to challenge you. Those of us that have loved ones who haven't come to the Lord, it's not a bad thing to do. Get alone. Get on the floor privately and say, God, I need you to bring life to my unsaved neighbor, son, daughter, mom, or dad. If you choose to follow Christ, I mean really get serious about believing who God is and what he promises you, people are going to think you're weird. Jesus' own family thought that he was out of his mind. It shouldn't surprise you if others think that you've become unusual. But what Pastor Mark will be teaching about today isn't about public behavior. It's about what's appropriate for the moment and place. You'll hear another example of Elijah's prayers and how God answered them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Kings chapter 17 as he continues his message, All Kinds of Prayers. Now, why the connection between sin and God's judgment? Well, We know that the scripture says that. Be sure your sin will find you out. But understand this. Sin causes all kinds of trouble, disease and death. But that was never God's original plan. Remember that. Life is unfair, not because of God. Life is unfair because of sin. So we deal with it every day just because it's the sin nature. Heartaches, divorce, disease, death. Crying, depression, all of that jazz was never part of God's original plan. It's just here because we simply live in a sin world. Now, something very important. She doesn't know what to do. She says to Elijah, my son's dead. Why did your God bring judgment? Because of my sin? She doesn't even know how to pray. Do you know outside this building, many people, just like this one, they don't understand a thing about God. They either think God is so aloof that he couldn't care about them because there's six plus billion people in this world, so obviously he couldn't care about them. Or many people believe God's angry at them, kind of like this woman. The other thing that you have to understand is this. Many people around us, they don't know anything really about prayer. They might think they do, but they really don't know that you have to mix faith with prayer. They don't know that by and large, other than God's grace, God doesn't answer prayer from people that don't have a relationship with him. The one prayer we know he does answer is, God help me, I'm a sinner. But other than that, they don't understand prayer. This woman doesn't understand prayer. But 
Just like this situation. When this woman doesn't know what to do, she goes to Elijah. When your friends, who kind of put you off, don't respond to you, aren't listening to you, maybe even get angry with you so you can't really share with them anymore. When they wake up one day with a problem they can't solve, guess who they're going to come talk to? You. Because they don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do. And many people, many people come to the Lord during a crisis time like that. Now some of you are going to say, well, that's not even fair. Well, how did you come to the Lord? Many of us the same way. We just didn't wake up one day and say, well, God, I guess I'm good enough now. You'd like to take me, right? No, usually some kind of a crisis deal in our life. And so... This is what God's going to do. And just remember, this is the very same for all of us today. So we have to just be ready. We have to be ready when people come. And notice what Elijah does now. Verse 19. Give me your son, Elijah replied. Now let me stop and ask you this. Why does Elijah ask her to do that? Who told Elijah to do that? (laughs) You think Elijah on his own is going, I think Elijah, when God said this, Elijah went like, say what? Don't you? You say, well, come on, give him credit. No, he was a man like you and me. If you had a dead child in the house that you just came from, then God said to you, get that child, go upstairs and pray. What would you say? You and I, almost everybody in this room would go, say what? What'd you say? So this is exactly what happens. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, And laid him on his bed. I want you to notice something. Verse 19. He prayed in a private place. This is very important. He prayed in a private place. There's a time for group prayer. But often we need to be praying in a private place. He didn't ask for people to come. He didn't even ask the mother to come. He took the child went up to a private place. Now let me show you why the world sometimes thinks we're crazy. And you're going to see this because I believe this is true. You're going to see in a moment that Elijah is going to lay on the boy. So what if I said to you, and we're going to do this, but not this way. If you have a loved one who has died spiritually, they're dying right now spiritually. Anybody without Christ is Dead in their trespasses and sin. So I said, we want to be biblical. So I'm going to say to all of you, in a moment, everybody get out of your seat, and we're all going to lay on the floor, seriously, and pray to God. We're going to get involved in the situation. And if you're unsaved here, or if the world took a picture of this and put it in the Channel 6 News, what would they think of us here? We either have a lot of people this next Sunday, or we'd have no parking problem at all. Probably the second. That's why you don't want to draw attention to yourself with strange things like that. And that's why we don't draw attention to ourselves. But to be very honest with you, I'm going to challenge you. Those of us that have loved ones who haven't come to the Lord, it's not a bad thing to do. Get alone. Get on the floor. Privately. And say, God, I need you to 
bring life to my unsaved neighbor, son, daughter, mom, or dad. See, it's not about how you pray. It's really the heart. But sometimes it's not, that's a humbling thing to get down, isn't it? You see, kneeling's a humble thing. Because it just says, I'm, I'm dependent on you, God. So Elijah does this. And he prays this prayer, which encourages me because it's not much. Listen. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy upon this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? He's confused. He's saying, God, things have been going good here. What's the deal? I like this because it reminds me that my faith can be weak also, and yet God can still use me. Now, put yourself in this little apartment, this little room upstairs. You're there with a a dead child. Is 911 an option? Are there any doctors around? Elijah's never seen this situation before. He has no clue what to do. Verse 21. And he stressed himself out on the boy. Circle this. Three times. And, Circulus, cried to the Lord. O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Now why did Elijah do that? Elijah knew that he couldn't bring life. He couldn't bring life. But God could. If you choose to do that this week or whatever, it doesn't mean God will do anything different because we're laying down or kneeling. It's all about our heart. But if you choose to understand what you're saying is, God, I can't bring salvation to my loved one, my son, my daughter, my uncle, my person. I can't bring life to them. But God, you can. You can, God. And he was serious about it. Now, you know this, but just write it down. Life is a battlefield and prayer is the weapon of choice. This situation stretches Elijah. Elijah knows he has to go to God. That's all he can do is go to God. Remember what he asked. He says, let the boy's life return to him. That's incredibly bold. I don't know where he came up with that. He's never seen that before. But the Bible we learn says this, we have not because we... Wow. Now, we talked about that we should pray big prayers. Is this a big prayer? This is not a big prayer. This is a huge prayer. Incredible prayer. And he prays it. He doesn't limit God. And he stretches himself times one. He gets down in this boy times one. He gets up. What happened? Nothing. He stretches himself out times two. Nothing. And again, the third time, something different. Remember, this is persistent prayer. It's private. It's persistent prayer. It's big prayer. And it's fervent prayer. And it's specific prayer. You say, we already learned these. That's right. That's to remind you and to remind me. This last week, your prayers, have they been big? Have they been persistent? Well, Pastor Mike, I prayed and nothing happened. Keep praying. 
You'll see that as we go through the book of Matthew. Fervent prayer. Don't have to scream. Don't have to shout. Don't have to cry. If you cry or whatever, there's emotion there, fine. But just so that you know there's some fervency, some unction in your prayer. God knows that. And then obviously very specific. Don't get weary in praying. Pastor Mark, I've been praying for my daughter, my son, my daughter's marriage, the children, the grand, and boy, I don't see much happening. James 5.16 says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Just keep praying. 1 Kings 17.22 And the Lord heard Elijah's cry. And the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Nothing is impossible with God. That is one reason we pray to God. See, Elijah could do nothing. There was no other resource but God. By the way, this is the first recorded instance in Scripture of restoration, bringing to life someone who had died. It happened because Elijah prayed. And I'm going to talk about this in a few moments and relate it spiritually. We're going to go through that very quickly. But the spiritual death as well. Verse 23. Now Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. And he gave him to his mother and said. How many would have liked to have been there when he came down the stairs? Woo! A little different than when he went up the stairs. Wow. And he said, look, your son is alive. And the woman said to Elijah, now I know. In other words, she had learned something that you are a man of God. And I like this. And that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. You see, that's the bottom line. We can know and we can trust and we can obey God's word. It's true. Because Elijah had been faithful and got involved in the lives of these families, what do we have as a result? This Gentile pagan woman eventually showed faith in the God of Israel. She could see the difference between the weakness, the uselessness of Baal and the one true God. She saw it. Her son was alive. So, God provides us with opportunities to pray all kinds of prayers. For our daily needs. For direction. For other people. For huge prayers. Persistently. Now, I'm going to relate that spiritually. One of the greatest prayers we can pray is for our lost friends, co-workers, students, loved ones, relatives. All of those kind of people. That's one of the greatest prayers we can pray. You see, God, when he looks down on this earth, no one, no person is beyond the reach of prayer or their need of salvation. God sent the prophet to this one. Think about this. This is a widow woman. She's a woman. She's a Gentile, and she doesn't have anything to do to provide him with. But God sent her there because he loves people. And as a result of Elijah going there and getting involved in the woman's life, she comes to know God. 
If you've been in this church a few weeks, you've heard me say this. Lost people matter to God. They simply do. Now turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Ephesians chapter 2 says, if you're not a Christian, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. 1 John chapter 5 says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. So spiritually, this boy is a picture of two things. We don't have time to develop except one of them. It's a picture of the nation of Israel. They were dead spiritually. And this gave Elijah hope that if God could bring life to this boy... He could bring life to the nation of Israel. It's also a picture of individuals, as this Gentile woman was. She was dead spiritually, but God was able to not only bring life to her son, but life to them spiritually. Notice Paul in Romans chapter 10, look at verse 1. Brothers, Paul speaking about his Jewish people. My heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they be saved. So Paul prays for the salvation of his people who were just as lost as this Gentile woman was. Now, how does that actually work? Now skip on down to verse 9, and I'm going to relate this to you very quickly. And I want you to see something, how you and I are involved in this kind of prayer for our lost loved ones. Verse 9, how does a person go from being lost to saved? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And of course, in the Old Testament days, a woman couldn't do that. She just believed in God because there was no Jesus at that point. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with the heart that you have believed and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, notice, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. This is a verse that you need to just burn into your heart. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means there's not prejudice. doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how many years, doesn't matter what they did, doesn't matter what situation they are. I mean, the, the ultimate picture fulfillment of that verse is the thief on the cross. In his last breath... Not do grace, shouldn't have had grace, he gets grace. In the next moment, he's in heaven. So anyone, don't write people off. Pastor Mark, you don't know my uncle, you don't know this person at work, that person is the last person that will ever come to the Lord. Don't write them off. Well, they're dead spiritually. So is this boy. Verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Notice one thing. God is the one who sends us out, as he did Elijah, to share good news. Every single day, God is sending us all over Brevard County. And those of you that travel for your jobs to other cities, all over the United States, all over the world. Every single day, God is the one is sending those people out, which are you and me. But notice verse 16, and then we'll relate this in another way to you. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah in the Old Testament prophesied this, Lord, who has believed our message? So... Take a look at these verses, specifically 14 and 15, and then we'll talk about 16. And I want you to see these, and don't copy this, but I want you to see in reverse how this works. 
Those verses. This is our prayer. It's prayer and it's action. Notice, Elijah, when he came to this dead boy, and we're going to call that dead boy those that are our loved ones that are spiritually dead, he didn't just pray, but he actually got down and got in touch with that person. So he was involved with that person's life. So notice in these verses, Paul says this. Number one, you have to do it in reverse, and that's what makes sense to these verses. Number one, messengers are sent out. Well, who are the messengers? Raise your hand. You're the messenger. Messengers, number one, are sent out. Number two, messengers share the good news. doesn't do any good to be sent out and not share the good news. Number three, by the way, what is the good news? That you cannot share the good news unless Jesus is part of it. Number three, unbelievers hear the word, they hear the truth. Number four, some, this is the key, this is the hard part for us, some of those who hear this offer of salvation believe the truth. Well, that means some do not. We'll talk about that in a moment. Those who do believe call on the Lord, and those who call on the Lord for help are absolutely saved. So that's the order. You have to be sent. You have to share the good news. The people hear the good news. Some of them go, yes, I believe. Those believe are saved. And what that shows us is this. There is a perfect will of God. What is the perfect will of God? The perfect will of God is this, that none perish. You don't need to write this down. Just as The perfect will of God is none perish. You'll see these verses coming up here in Second Peter. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. First Timothy 2.4 Who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth? So we have the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is that everybody be saved. But God also has a permissive will. The permissive will simply means that God will not overrule Man's free will. So some will not get saved. Why? Because they refuse it. Now, could God twist their arms, spiritually speaking, and make them believe it? Yes. Will he? No. So the perfect will of God is nobody ever is going to be lost, and hell would be empty except for Satan and the demons. But that's not true because of the permissive will of God. So what am I to pray? I'm to pray in the perfect will of God that... God's will is it none perished. I know that's his goal. Now, what do I to pray? I'm to pray simply that God would open blinded eyes. I'm to pray that my loved ones, Elijah prayed for this young man to come to life. I'm to pray that God to open blinded eyes, that they would see. Some of you that have been backslid and went away from God and came back, you now see that somehow Satan deceived you. I mean, you got away, and you look back at what you did, and you go, what did I do? You were just deceived. That's why we have to pray for God to do this. Listen, man's doctrine will not generate faith. We're saved by faith. Man's philosophy will not generate faith. Man's good works cannot generate faith. Faith, open eyes, only come by hearing the word, and the hearing the word brings faith. So, God, we want you to... Open people's eyes. Now, so I'm responsible to share the gospel. Like Elijah, God is responsible to open the blinded eyes. And then the sinner is responsible to choose. I can't make that choice for them. But I can sure pray for them to have a soft heart. 
It's interesting that Pastor Mark noted that when Elijah was used to raise this boy from the dead, this was the first biblical instance of something like this happening. In Pastor Mark's telling of the story, you learn that there'll be times when you have to trust God for something for the first time. As awkward as it'll be, you are encouraged to trust God through it all. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, All Kinds of Prayers. We'll move on from Elijah and his prayers to Nehemiah and the prayers he made for the situations he was in. You'll hear the story of the people of Judah at Nehemiah's time and the reason for his prayers. You'll find out how they might parallel some of your situations and the prayers you make. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear